Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. I want to open up our Bibles. If you have your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah is one of my favorite prophets. He's known as the urban prophet. And I love urban ministry, inner city ministry. Amen. And so he's known as the um, urban prophet. And he here... This whole entire chapter is filled with so much powerful things. Like, he was the man. I mean, Isaiah was the man in his day. People listened to what he had to say. He prophesied on point. He wasn't one of those prophets that were kind of loopy and crazy. He was like, oh, he comes out there with that, with that word of prophecy. Oh, last time he prophesied, we are going to have a million dollars. And it hasn't happened yet. So, no, when he spoke, it was the word of God directly to him. And it was on point. And so, he, here is so much information that he's sharing with the people of Israel. But I, wanna, I want us to lock in to verse number 19. Really just zero in on that. I want us, if you can have a, a kind of a microscope in your, in your mind and, and you, you know, kind of like zoom in to verse 19, it says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Let's put our hands in the Bible and pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word this morning, Lord God. I pray that I will decrease and you will increase. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor, Lord God. Thank you for this, this um, word that will be shared. I don't take this lightly, Lord. I thank you for this privilege and this honor. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as I read this one verse of scripture, I know... At times that we can, you know, preach long, longer pa um, passages of scripture, but this particular one, this one verse, is packed with so much powerful stuff that I'm like, when I read it, I'm like, oh Lord, you are showing me some good things. I, I, I need to preach on this one. We see here it says, "For I am about to do something new." I want to stop right there. Something new, and we always focus on something new, right? When we begin the new year, every every year. I'm going to create New Year's resolution. I'm going to, do, I'm going to start working out more. I'm going, to start, I'm going to stop eating less. So I'm, I'm going to get that new job, and I'm going to get this new. We always focus on the new. So he says, I'm about to do something new, and that's good. He's preparing um, the people of Israel what he's about to do. But there's more to this verse that he shares. He says, see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Sometimes we're looking for that new thing to happen and be so obvious in our face that we say, oh, yeah, I see it. But it happens at times that we don't even see what's happening. And he start, he's reminding them. He's saying to them, I'm doing something new. You know, can't you see it? Can't you see past? And, you know, every single one of us, we get stuck sometimes seeing at the present situation, our circumstances. And the enemy is so, like, crafty when it comes to keeping us distracted. When he's doing something new, we don't really see it. Well, sometimes we have situations, maybe good things come in our life that could be distractions too, though. Hmm. Multiple doors begin to open. And then we're thinking, okay, well, this might not be what my goal is in life, but I'm going to go after this door because it seems like this is what the door that the Lord's opening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here. But I believe that's times those are... Things of, that's times of testing that the Lord brings into our life and say, how committed and faithful are you going to be to the call of God I have in your life? The call that I have in your life. And I'll give an example. 
couple of months ago, I was offered to take on a position um, working with a ministry that would go into apartment complexes and do outreach and minister there and, and, and be there to love on those who are new to the community. Um, it's a ministry that helps those transitioning to apartment homes and living there and um, just do a lot of great things. But it was a two-year commitment. And I said, I, I prayed about it because it was like a great opportunity. First of all, I told you I'm living with my in-laws, right? So I'm dying to get my own place to live. It's not comfortable when you're living with, with other people, you know? <laughs> Especially when you're sharing one bathroom and there's six of us there. Praise the Lord, amen? <laughs> so it was tempting. I was like, yeah, you know, that's an opportunity. So this ministry will send you out to an apartment complex. You only had to pay 30% of the rent, so the rent would have been like $300 and living in this nice luxury home, and, you know, everything was going to be covered, but we had to do outreaches and community stuff and, you know, that type of thing. And Maria and I, when we, you know, we, the Lord's blessed us where we are gifted in those type of ministries, so we were like, that would be a potential great opportunity. It would be a fit, you know, praise God. Prayed about it, prayed about it, and the Lord reminded me, didn't I call you to pursue ministry full-time in a sense of church ministry, and I was like, you did, Lord. And so I had to make a decision. If I were going to commit two years to there, what if the Lord would open up a door for me to pastor somewhere that would require me to go to another state or require me to go somewhere else in Florida that's outside of Tampa? What if that would have happened? And so if I would have committed to two years there, I would have had to say no. And so I came to that point, I said, you know, we prayed about it, we don't feel 100% peace about it, and we said, no. I bring that up because he's saying, I'm, for I'm doing something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And I say sometimes we have distractions that will pull us away from that which we are called to do, and it may be a good thing, that was a good thing, but it's not the thing that God has planned for us. And so when you have a vision, when you have a plan, when you have a purpose, when you have a call in your life, stick with that. Even though there's good doors and opportunities that may open up here or open up there, but if it doesn't line up with what God has called you to do, I'm encouraging you not to do that. <laughs> do what he's called you to do. Amen? And so that could be distraction. There could be other ones that are distractions that are not good things, that may look good, but is not good. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. And what I want, want us to see there is we have to be in the wilderness to see it. We have to be in the wilderness to see the pathway. We have to have struggles come in our life. We don't like going through challenges and difficulties. We don't like it at all. I don't like it. I don't like being in tough seasons. Especially when I hear a lot of prosperity gospel messages out there. Lame it and claim it, and you can have it, right? Well, I'm, claiming that, I'm claiming that house that's being built right over there. What's that, what's that off of Bush Boulevard going towards uh, uh, Citrus Park? That house off of uh, Bush and Himes, that, that house that's built by the Indian doctor. I'm, I'm claiming that. Name it and claim it. I'm taking that house. Amen, right? 
we don't like to go through the challenges and the difficulties and, 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 and the rough times, and, but it's in the wilderness that God is doing something new. He allows those things to happen in our life because he wants to do something new in us. He wants to encourage us. And, and I noticed that in times of tough situations and rough situations that he begins to mold us and shape us into the image of Christ and just, you know what, receive it and move on. I know for me personally, I've delayed many times that season of my life because I chose to resist it. Well, I'm going to make my own way. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't like this. Lord, I don't like what you're doing. I, uh-uh. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And you know what? You don't get a battle with God because he's always going to win. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason why he allows the situations to happen in your life. And I'm going to encourage you to embrace what he's doing and look at the now because there will become a time when you're going to look back and say, Man, Lord, I didn't never know you would bring me to this place right here. And as I talked about Bethel in the past, they went through their tough times, their seasons and challenges. And now the Lord is blessing them and doing things there. They didn't like the situations at times. They didn't, they didn't like what was in front of them, but they trusted that God was doing something new, and he's doing something new. And, and I'm encouraging you this morning, God is going to do something new in this church as well. As I already spoke this over you, I'm going to speak it over you again. You would be a lighthouse to another church. You would be blessing another church because you would be at a place where you can do that. Just like Bethel is at a place to do that. Amen? But the, what I want us to look at is, is the word pathway. It's a word that in this verse that we don't often emphasize. We focus on the new thing, as I mentioned before. We even focus in the wilderness. Oh, Lord, why am I still here in the wilderness? What's going on? Today's my time to confess. I have done that recently. Why am I still in this situation? What's going on? But it's in the wilderness with that pathway, God is beginning to open that up and beginning to start something new. And when we trust in what he's doing, he's going to bring us through that, through that pathway. And we're going to be able to see it. We're going to be able to see what God is doing. And so the title of my message this morning is called Two. Called Two. We are called, number one, to greater faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It is in the moments of difficulties and challenges where our faith is being tested, and he's saying without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to have faith to good times, to the bad times, and the ugly times. It is through faith that we please him. Amen? And sometimes our faith is stronger than other times. You know, when your faith is weak, why we, are, why we come to church? Because we are a body of believers to help one another out. Don't try to live this faith on your own. When it's weak, connect with other believers in the church. Connect with people to encourage you, to, to, to speak into your life. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants us to trust him no matter what. Not always easy, but, it, but with God, all things are possible. With each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, it's possible. Amen? Part of seeking God is leading. We have to have greater faith. Okay? We call to greater faith, but part of seeking him is leading. So we are also called to lead. We're called to lead. Well, you're saying, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister. No, you're called to lead your family. 
If you're a single parent, you're called to lead your family. If you are a person who, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not a single parent, you're married, both of you are called to lead your family. Of course, the greater responsibility is for the man, the head of the household, okay, to lead his family, to provide for it financially, to be the spiritual head of the household. But sometimes there's a man who's not even there, absent. And so the woman has to lead the household. And before Charlie came into Judy's life, that was her life. That was uh, Judy was a single mom with two kids working three jobs, and she had to be that leader in her household. But you know what? Despite that, my wife became a great woman of God because she trusted in the Lord, because she had spiritual fathers in the church who spoke into her life. And that's why it's important that we become spiritual parents to our children, to our youth, because you don't know the type of influence you're going to have over their life. Amen. And so we are called to lead our homes. We are called to lead within the church. We are called to lead at work. There's people all around us at work that have needs. They're crying out. Imagine this. If we go through a suffering in our times, in our relationship with the Lord, we go through suffering, we have hope in Him. But what about a person who's an unbeliever? What hope do they have when they go through suffering? I have hope that God's going to heal my mother, Lord, through healing. Or if she goes to home to be with him, that's my hope, right? She's going to be in heaven. But a person without a relationship with Jesus Christ, what hope do they have? They don't have hope in nothing. We are the hope that we can provide the hope. We can tell them about the Lord. And so we are called to lead at our workplace. And as I shared with you before, you know, Chris, he's not a believer. He, 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 he hurt his back and he was, want, he was worried. He's like, I got a kid to take care of. I got a wife. You know, I'm hurting. My back is hurting. I can't keep calling off of work, but it's hurting me so bad I could barely walk. <laughs> I said, come here because God got something for you <laughs> and lay hands on him and, and he's, he's doing fine. Amen? Amen? Wherever we go, we are the church. Amen? We are called to lead in our home. We are called to lead within the church. We are called to lead within the workplace. You are called to lead your team. As you are play sports, or if you're a team leader at your work, you're called to lead your team. And listen to the needs around you. Listen to the people who are hurting. Because God placed you in that situation for a reason. He placed you there to speak into their lives. And so you are called to lead your team. You are called to lead, to lead people you spend time with. Whoever you find yourself spending a lot of time, God has placed you in that situation to be the leader there. I'm getting tired of people being influenced by the unchurched when we should be influencing them. Why is it that we constantly see the young church influencing the church? The church should be the one influencing the young church. Amen? And so when you're put in those situations and circumstances, be real with God. But you have to have a personal, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ in order to be effective anywhere you go. If you are living a questionable life, and you know it, because God, will, God will, uh, convicts us of that, Right? He reminds us that we need to get back on track with him. If you're living a questionable life, how do you expect to be effective for God? I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying questionable. If you willfully, continuously sin and sin in the same area and don't care, blatantly do that, how do you expect to be used by God? I'm going to encourage you to let go and let God. Seek him first. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added to you. If you live it for him, you want fire for him, you can walk into any situation and know that God's going to use you because he is with you and he's going to encourage you and he's going to strengthen you and he's going to use you as you are. Amen? Amen? 
But the confidence comes with having a personal, intimate relationship with him, living righteously and holy. And holiness is not something we preach anymore in the church, but it needs to be preached because we're getting comfortable with what we, with our everyday lives and challenges. And, oh, well, it's cool. Me and Jesus have an understanding. Really? Jesus wants you to be set free of that. He wants you to walk away from that sin entirely. And, he, and not only that, he empowered you to do that through his grace to be free. So you could be more effective. You could be more effective with your family. You could be more effective at work. You could be more effective with your team. You could be more effective with the people you spend time with. What if we are a bunch of believers who are on fire for God that we, instead of the unchurched influencing us, we can influence them? Amen? Because we live in a messed up world today. And it's time for us to influence them. Jesus led wherever he went. He just didn't lead his disciples. He also led others who needed to be led. Not just the 12 disciples. He, you know, yeah, he rode around with 12 people, with disciples. But everywhere he went, he led the situation. He took over the situation that was right in front of him. And there were times where people needed Jesus to heal them. But the time, this particular time I want to mention in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, it was according to their faith. I'm not speaking about word of faith. I'm speaking about according to believing that Jesus is who he is and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 to 29, it says this. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on me. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. He said, because of your faith. If you read the whole passage, he was on his way to raise somebody from the dead because the centurion's daughter died. And he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter has died, but I know that you can heal her and bring her back to life. And so he's walking, going over there. He starts heading there. And then the woman with the issue of blood, she grabs a hold of his garment and gets completely healed by touching his garment and believing that he is who he is. And he, she got healed right there on the spot. And then as he leaves that place where the girl's been resurrected from the dead, there's these guys, two blind men that cry out to him and ask him to heal their eyes. And the question he asks is, do you believe? Do you believe? I can make you see. And they said, yes, Lord. And so he said, because of your faith, it will happen. At times, we are, we are blinded by the things of life, and we don't know what God is doing. But I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus is going to come through? Yes. Do you believe that he has the power to transform your situations, your circumstances? Do you believe that? He wants us to believe. But also we are called to believe for others. The Lord wants us to have faith for others. Bethel, we are believing for this church, for great things to happen in this church. I know you guys, you know, you, you have faith as well. But we also believe in with you that God's going to do something amazing here. We are believing with you that God's going to send the right couple here that's going to pour into this place and it's going to be a church that's on fire for Jesus. That there's going to be a time, I'm speaking words of prophecy over you, and, I'm, and I feel 
<laughs> the Holy Spirit that's coming over right now. And I may have to... Out of this church, there's going to be many who come to Jesus. Because there's going to be so many people in this church who are going to be on fire for him. That everywhere you, your feet touches, people are going to come to Jesus. Out of this church, there's going to be people come called into the ministry. Out of this church, you're going to be ministering to those who are in need. Out of this church, you're going to, God's going to use you to set the captives free and deliver them from their oppression. And so we are believing. We, we have the faith along with you. I'm going to encourage you, church, believe from this moment on that God can use you where you're at right now. And God could turn around your situation and he can use you to bless somebody else. So I'm speaking those words over you right now that All Nations Outreach Center is going to be a lighthouse. It's going to bless this community. You see the lighthouse that's over there, right, closer to the Sulphur Spring Park? Well, that could represent this church to be a lighthouse in this community. Amen. I know what Sulphur Springs used to be physically, but let's, let, that, let that be something different in Sulphur Springs that's going to happen spiritually. That out of this church, the people who are oppressed in the streets are hurting, who are crying out. I drive up and down the streets sometimes. I see the hurting, the prostitutes. I see drug dealers. I see addicts on, on the streets. And this church is going to be the one to minister to those in need, and they're going to have deliverance as a result of that. That people from Three Coins Diner is going to be sending people here to this church because that's the church that people get set free from. Oh, I know Sulphur Springs. And I know the potential that this community has. And I know the potential that this church has and how you are going to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? Speak that over you. That's for you. The second thing we are called to is called back. we called to go back to the basics. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want, you to, I want to encourage you to start where you're at now. The enemy is like, he's trying to rejoice that you're currently without a pastor. He's rejoicing in that. But it's the moment now that God has placed you in a place where he wants to use you at your greatest potential. Yeah, it's not good to have a pastor without a, be without a pastor for too long. But don't look at that situation. Look at the needs in the community and continue to reach out to the community. Continue to be used by him because he called every single one of us, all of us, not, not just the pastor, not just the worship leaders, not just the people who run the sound, not just the deacons and the elders. And I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish anybody here, but he called every single one of us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing dumb in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, go pastors, go church leaders. He says, go, oh, every one of us. We are, have a great commission, and now is the time that God wants you to go and make a difference. Regardless of what you're faced with. Because the way we can defeat Satan is we keep getting back up, and we keep going after God, and we keep going after the things of God. I love to hear, you know, work the words of encouragement. To be the kind of person, when you wake up out of bed, Satan says, uh-oh. Uh-oh, Lorenzo's up. Uh-oh, Raphael's up. Uh-oh, Don is up. Uh-oh, James is up. Uh-oh. 
that he gets nervous because you woke up and you're going to press in. And the first thing you do when you step on the floor, you get on your knees and you worship the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, for you have given me another day to make a difference in people's lives. And I'm going to tap into your presence and I'm going to be used by you and I'm going to defeat Satan because he is already defeated. Amen? Satan is already under our feet. He lost the battle. Don't let him be, don't let him blind you. Don't let him make you think that he is in control because he's not. Because the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. We had the victory. The battle's already won. Jesus already defeated the enemy. We had to we, we believe that. We had to receive that. We had to live that. So we be walking by faith and not by sight and trusting in him. That's how we fight back. We fight back on our knees in prayer. We fight back in, in reaching the laws. We fight back in having faith and trusting that God is going to use us despite the situations. Amen? Amen. So we start with our, our neighbors. There's people who live right next door to you who are in need. Go with them and pray with them. Speak over their life. No, I mentioned to you that I live with my in-laws. It's right up the street. They live, they live right off of Bush and 17th. We live in Siwaha Street, right by Bush Gardens, right there. And when we first got back, you know, I, I'm used to having my own place to live. I, I, I enjoy my space, you know. I like to be the king of my own household. Now I'm wrestling with Charlie. Who's, who's going to be the king? I'm, I'm not going to fight him. He, you know, he, he's ex-military. He, he can handle me. <laughs> For a little while, at least. <laughs> but, I, you know, I like having my place of my own. But we, we, you know, because of our financial situation, we have no choice but to live there with our in-laws. And I, honestly, it's been a challenge because six of us trying to use a bathroom is just crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I mean, I lived in India, and the situation was a little bit better there, you know? So I walk in there. And I'm like, oh, man, here we are back again. This is the third time we lived there, okay? Third time. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. But this time we walk in there, and we begin to say, rather than being so focused on living here and being back where we were at and being so negative and being so like, oh, gosh, you know, like Jonah in, 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 a, in, in the belly of the, the whale. You know, he didn't want to go to Nineveh, you know what I'm saying? He didn't want to go. Rather than doing that, we said, you know what? What are some of the needs that our neighbors have in this community? Because God brought us back here for a reason. Let's, let's make this situation. Why not take advantage of the situation? So we began to look around. The lady across the street, strong, powerful woman of God. Her name is Sharon. Powerful. She goes to the River Church. You know the one that comes on TV? I forget his name. Powerful man of God. And so... She's across the street, and my wife goes to introduce herself. Say, hey, I'm you know, Marie, I'm Judy's daughter. Just wanted to say hi. She goes, oh, yeah, I heard about you. I pray for you guys. I pray for this community. I walk up and down. I pray in this neighborhood. I pray for all the families here. And she goes, Marie, she, she goes I've been wanting to do something for the children. This is Sharon telling this to Marie. <laughs> and Marie goes, do you know I'm a children's minister, right? She just jumped back. I was like, oh, really? What do you need? What do you want, what do you want, need to do? How can we help you? They started having block parties at the lady's house. The kids in the community started coming to the block parties and getting saved. 
going back to their house with the light of Christ in them and ministering in their own homes. Blessing people. We have a young man who lives up the street named Devin. He's, he lives in a very tough situation there. No father in his life. His mom has lupus. She's struggling. She's trying to survive. She's trying to, 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 uh, to live every day with her condition. And he's a prophet. The Lord uses him in the words of prophecy. He came up to a few people, spoke into their life and said, the Lord wants to do this and do this and do this. And their eyes is open wide. 13 years old. Speaking words of prophecy. Amen. Speaking words of prophecy. He has spoken over our life. He has spoken over people. And I, I can confirm Sharon's daughter who had to move in there because she had a situation happen in her life. He goes up to Sharon's daughter. He goes, you need to forgive this person, this person to the T. And her eyes open up. She said, you are right. 13 years old, the Lord's using them there. Connected us all together to minister to the needs of that community. And I'm saying this because you may not like the situation you're in, but God wants to use you right where you are. And he wants to use you to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? Amen. So Marie and Sharon have been doing block parties. I, th- I believe it's on Friday or the Saturday, the 7th or the 8th. They'll be right back there doing another block party and ministering to the kids. That could be a blessing. Start with your neighbor. For me, at work, I started work there December 10th of last year, 2016. Went back to Publix after so many years of not working there. That was my first job I ever worked at at 16 years old. Back in 1996, you do the math how old I am. Go back there. Again, I'm saying I'm back at the house. I'm back in Tampa. I'm back at the old job I worked at three times. I've gone back to Publix. It's like my fourth time going there. Okay. When I was a youth pastor at Bethel, I was working at Publix. You remember that, right? Working at Publix. Kept on, I keep on going back to that company. I'm like, oh, gosh. But they hired me. They'll hire me. They'll hire me every single time. And so the last time I go back there, because I leave in good standings. You know, I, I leave the way I'm supposed to. Give a two weeks notice. Give a month notice. Hey, I'm going to be transitioning out. And the last time I worked there was back in 2009 before going to the mission field. I said, okay, well, I'm going to work here part-time. And when the time came for us to leave to go to the mission field, I said, okay, I'm, I'm resigning. I'm, I'm transitioning out, go to the mission field. So I left there making like nine-something an hour okay, back in 2009. Here I am, laid off from the church, had to come back to Florida, had to find a job like right away to support my family. I have a student loan that I had to pay off from going to Southeastern where I went to school for ministry. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go back to Publix. Walk back in there. I'm like, this is when you had to put pride aside and arrogance aside. And, you know, you got to be a humble person. And I have a, you know, I have a master's degree. And, you know, I could be that theological. I'm Reverend Rafael Rodriguez. But I had to put that aside and just walk in there. Say, do you guys happen to be hiring? Yeah. Well, I have an experience. You know, oh yeah, they look at the, they look at the application I put online, and I, and they said to me, "We need somebody to do dairy, work the dairy department." You done that before, right? I'm like, yeah, I've done dairy, I've done frozen, I've, everything. I've done everything involving the grocery area. I've never worked in produce, I never cut meat, never. But anything involving stocking shelves or doing anything like that, I've done it all. So, all right, we can use you for dairy. And I said, all right, well, 
obviously I can't make what you, I used to make before I left here because I got a wife and kids now, you know. Gave me a $3 plus increase raise. Amen, Amen yeah. Amen. 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 And with that, I was able to pay, living in Charlie and Judy's house, I was able to pay my final student loan payment this month. Amen. Matter of fact, it was the 28th of June, I paid my final student loan of $530 that I paid a month for 10 plus years, was able to pay that off for good. Amen. Amen. Debt free. Amen. Praise God. God is good. But I'm back there. And I say, this is my mission field. This is where I got to go after the souls. I got to, I got to find somebody to bring to Jesus. And so I'm working in the dairy department. Every once in a while, they put me in the frozen food. And there's this young man that says to me, I need to know my purpose in life. I say, I got the answer for you. You want to hear it? And I share with him the gospel. And I share with him Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I say, read this book for the next 40 days. You and I are going to read it together, and I want to speak about this. And so we start reading a book, and we start speaking about it, and we start encouraging one another. I, he takes, he's like, Raphael, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I'm going to take you out to eat. Let's go to Chipotle. I said, all right. Free food, I'm there. Because <laughs> free food always tastes better than me. I don't know about you. If I don't have to pay for it, it tastes so much more better. Right? And so I'm there eating this free food. He says, I just want to love on you and appreciate you. And we had our final time together, like really just reading, looking at scriptures. And I said to him, I read multiple scriptures over and over and over again. I said, Corey. Are you ready to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? He said, yeah. Right there in Chipotle off of Del Mabry, right by Del, on Del Mabry and Fletcher, right over there, that Chipotle over there, led him to Jesus. He gave his life to the Lord. Came from Publix. I could have walked in there and said, oh, guys, I'm back here again. I hate this place, you know. Hiding my face. And... But look at the opportunity that God used me to bless somebody who needed a Jesus. I shared with you what happened with Chris this past Thursday. I laid hands on him. God heals him. He's back to work on Saturday. I was at work yesterday. He's walking fine. Everything's good. Next step is going to be talking to him about Jesus. How'd you, who's the one that healed you? Not me. It was Jesus. Let me tell you about him. An opportunity to share my faith with him. Sometimes he does it. You know, you don't have to go to a particular order. Well, let me share with him Jesus first before I pray for him. No, if the Lord leads you to pray, lay hands on somebody, and they get healed, and then you can follow up with the gospel. Amen. And so that's my plan, to follow up with the gospel, because he got his healing. But then, in my store, my store manager, he's the top dog. He's the, he runs the whole entire store, 150-plus people that he has to be managed over. Our, our department, groceries, have been struggling. You know, a lot of transition. A lot of people quit, resign. They get tired of the situation. They, they don't like being there, working there. He says to me, Raphael, I know you're a man of God. Can you, I need to talk to you. I need your advice about something What's going on in the grocery department? I want to hear your take. I'm like, you really want to hear what I have to say? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you. Okay. So we start, we're sitting there, we engage in this long conversation. I'm beginning to tell them not what they're doing wrong, but how we can all improve as a team. Because it's so easy for us to say, you guys are doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. But how we can all improve as a team and how we can do better for our department. And he says to me, you know, Raphael, I struggle on a regular basis because we have a child that has cerebral palsy. And I know he does because he comes into Publix, he always looks like he's just going through it. He always looks so intense. You, you know those people that every time you get around them, you're like, oh, man, this person always looks like they got this huge 
weight on their shoulder. Like they just change the atmosphere wherever they go. And that's him. He, he just comes and he's always like this. And he has to compensate for that. So he's just, he's the boss. Boss man walks in and you better do what boss man says you're going to do. You know, what he tells you to do. He commands. He's, he's, he's a type of leader that he's a commander and he's going to take over and you better do what he says. Okay, that's the weight that he has to carry. But he got personal enough to share with me his struggle at home so I could bring it before the Lord in prayer. How does the Lord use somebody like that, right? A person who is a boss and he's direct and he, he you know, because of, probably because of him, a lot of people quit. To get so comfortable with me to share his personal story because the Lord wants me to lead, pray for him and eventually use that to lead him to the kingdom. Right there at Publix, Corey gives his life to the Lord. This guy, Chris, gets healed, and now the store manager, I'm praying for healing for his son. And also that relationship that's being built between boss and associate, that he shares something with me personal that shouldn't have been probably be, not even share that with me, but because the Lord wants me to pray and, and continue to speak into that life, that was shared to me. So I pray on a regular basis that God will heal their child, but more importantly, that they will come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because the greatest miracle is not the healing, it's for them to come to Jesus. That's the greatest miracle. That's the greatest miracle for all of us. So we are a miracle, those who have given us a life to Jesus. I, wanna, I don't know how long you go to, but I'm gonna, I, I tend to wrap it up. I want to share with you how I remember when this church was doing some major black parties, sidewalk Sunday schools, back in the day, having that, 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 that truck that, that, it, that um, it opens up to a stage. Yeah, the jams. You would do stuff right here in this, on, on the, the, the grass. I, I remember seeing pictures. I was, remember drive, driving by seeing hundreds of kids enjoying themselves, rejoicing, and just really loving what's going on. I actually seen pictures recently on Facebook of you all doing that. And I want to encourage you, continue to reach out to your neighborhood. Continue to show the love of Jesus in your neighborhood because you have been a lighthouse in this area. You have been a blessing to many people. You may not see that now, but you have been. And you, continue to, you can continue to be that lighthouse in this area. I and mean, I just want to reminisce, man. I was just, man, loving that. The scene that, that the kids coming and rejoicing and just engaging and being a part of that. I loved what was happening, and I want to encourage you to continue doing that. Continue to live out the mission the Lord has given this church to be an outreach center. All Nations Outreach Center. That wasn't by accident. That's the mission that this church was supposed to be about. Whenever you transition from Sulphur Springs Assembly of God to All Nations Outreach Center, that was a vision that was given to the pastors at the time and continue to use that as your way to reach people is to be an outreach center in the community. Amen? Here's what Isaiah said. In Isaiah 61, he prophesied, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. He was talking, right here, he was talking about Jesus. Luke wrote about Jesus in Luke chapter 418, the time when Jesus stood up and read this passage of scripture in the synagogue. He wrote up a scroll and read this out loud. But I love what Jesus said in verse 21. After he read, he read the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, he said this. 
the scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And what he's saying to us is that, okay, he spoke, said that during his lifetime, he was fulfilling that scripture, but for us, he's asking us to do that in our lifetime. He's asking us that we bring good news to the poor. He's asking us to proclaim the captives to be released. He's asking us to blind, that the blind will be set free. He's asking us to be used by him that, we, that the oppressed will be set free. He's also asking us that we proclaim the Lord's favor over our situations. To proclaim the Lord's favor has come. We are the ones to bring that into our communities. We are the ones who are called. Just like Jesus has fulfilled that, that scripture, he's calling us to do the same. Finally, we are called to love deeper. In John 13, 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Matthew 25, 40 says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 3, it says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. We are called to love the Lord, Love the church, love the lost. We love the Lord with our praise. And praise can also lead others to Jesus. You know, if you sing a song at, at your job, you worship the Lord, and they say, man, what is that song? I like that song. That's praising the Lord. You can lead that. You can use that to lead somebody to Jesus. We are called to love the church. As I mentioned earlier, Marie, um, since November, has partnered with Bethel to be to do Castle Club, and that's an intense discipleship ministry for children where they go through various um, steps in the Bible, and actually they get filled with the Holy Spirit in the midst of that. They get, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, with evidence of speaking in tongues, okay, through the process of all that. And so she's been ministering there, and there's been kids who've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's been kids who have had visions and dreams. There's been kids who have testified of the goodness of God. And the parents have been coming to her and say, crying to her saying, man, what a blessing you have been because my child spoke words of prophecy over my life and came true. My child has prayed and the Lord has answered. My child who struggled with anxiety and depression and was on medication no longer needs that anymore. I mean, see, the parents coming with excitement. There was a kid who was, like, nervous, you know. just really had to be on a bunch of medication. He couldn't settle down. And since he's been a part of Castle Club, he has no longer needed to use that anymore. So God is doing something. But we have to love the church. We have to love the Lord and love the church and love the lost. Loving those who are hard to connect with. There's people who are hard to connect with. People of influence. Businessmen, people in authoritative roles. Sometimes it's hard to connect with them because they come with this persona like they, they got it all together. But you know what? They don't. That's like my store manager. At first I said, man, this guy is so arrogant. He's so cocky. I don't want him. You know, I don't want him. I, I try to avoid him. Oh, here, comes, here he comes. I'm, you know? But when I determine in my heart and mind, he may have money. He may be the, the boss, but you know what? I am a child of the king. I am a royal priesthood. And he may have all the things on earth that we look after, but we have so much more than they do. 
we have salvation, we have eternity to be with the Lord in heaven. And we are his children. We are a royal priesthood. When I begin to look at it, that perspective, who's the one coming to do who for advice? Because of the Lord's favor. Amen? So we are called to greater faith. We are called to back, back to the basics, and we are called to love deeper. I'm going to ask everybody to stand to their feet. Sarah's going to come up, and she's going to begin to play a tune there. When everybody's heads bow, eyes closed, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I'm going to ask you guys, if you have a lost loved one in your family, when everybody's heads bow, eyes closed, I'm going to ask you, if you have a lost loved one in your family, I want to ask you to lift up your hand. I have my hand up. See that hand. See that hand. That hand. Together as a church, I'm going to have all of us pray together. And as we pray, I want you to mention that person's name or mention the people's names in your family that need to come to Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and send it by text message or share it with the link below and they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.